Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. Here's a second serving for you. Get ready to eat it up of Ghoulies 2. The carnival's back in town with all your old favorites. The Ferris wheel. The Roundup. The Octopus. Beautiful Girls. The Spook House. Bumper Cars. And a special added attraction. It's got ghoulies, too. They walk, they talk. They crawl on their bellies like... Reptile. This place is better than Epcot Center. Ghoulies, too. It's really scary, mister. Pull the carnival hard before they kill again. Thousand dollars to any man who brings me one alive. Just when you thought it was safe to go back into the bathroom, Ghoulies 2, they'll get you in the end again. Ghoulies 2. Ghoulies 2, one of the movies that is very dear to my heart. And a fan favorite out of the series. Yeah, I don't think Ghoulies Go to College ever quite uh, captured everyone's imagination. I love how you always reference that one when I... Well, I've never... Obviously, that one is terrible. Uh, but I'm not a fan of the first one. I totally hate the first one. <laughs> it's well, boring. One, I find it to be very boring. Well, first of all, there's a the whole lie on the cover. They show the Ghoulies in the toilet and nobody gets killed in the toilet, which is why they had to do it in this one. It was already a lie. So they had to make sure this time someone got killed on the toilet. This film has very recognizable people if you love horror films. You have uh, Phil... Fa- I'm going to fuck this name up. Fondacaro. Phil Fondacaro. Um, he is in Return of the Jedi. He is one of the Ewoks. Which is coincidental because... He's uh, working side-by-side with Warwick Davis, and they are both in Willow. If you're a Willow fan, he plays Vonkar in Willow. He's also in Troll. Um, He's also in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the TV show. I mean, he's done a lot of things, so you've seen him several times. And then, weirdly enough, in this, he's dressing up like a monster. Yes. And then you have... And, man, what a fucking name. Royal Dano. Dano. Okay. Royal Dano. <laughs> I love his name. I think it's pretty fucking magical. And I want to change my name to Royal Dano because it's like, is this a stage name? Um, I have actually uh, Space Invaders on VHS. I don't know if you knew that, but he's in that film. Obviously, he's in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. He's in the dark half that we covered recently. His last movie. And he's also in Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yeah, he's been in a lot of everything. Yes. Uh, old actor. Um, not literally and figuratively, obviously. But he uh, has been working. He worked in the industry for a really long time. A lot of westerns. Um, crazy enough, he also was in House 2. And he's the ancestor 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've watched that one. Yeah, so he's, I mean, and I'm not, when I was younger, I was, not to get sidetracked, I was all about House and House 2. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, I don't want to say hate the films, but I'm just like, eh, eh, especially part two. There's something about Part 2 that just bothers me. I don't know if it's like the fucking weird dog thing or... The caterpillar? Uh, yeah, see, I just already... Yeah, because it, they treat it like a dog. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, the movie's fucking weird. It's like, who was smoking? What, what were you guys doing when you made these movies? I it was just, good stuff. I know, you're, you're, I know you're a big fan. You're a big, I have to rewatch them because I, I don't know. I used to love them a lot. But anywho, so Ghoulies 2 picks off kind of where Ghoulies 1 ended. Um, they, the Satan worshippers or whatever are trying to get the ghoulies um, because they've been released in the world in the first part and they're still trying to capture them and they're that's where this film begins where you kind of have the two stories are gonna going in separate two directions and then they collide you know you have the traveling circus that's going to their next town you know you have Royal Dano and his uh, nephew there and he's a hot drunken mess and the nephews trying to hold it all together and they're you know fucking poor and their cars all fucked up and they have to stop and then at the same time that's happening they stop at a gas station the ghoulies are being chased by the satan and satan worshipers and they're off running into and that's where they both meet where you I thought have, it was a priest that was chasing them it was carrying him in a bag. Well, yeah, the priest, but then there's also... The, yes, the priest is carrying in the bag, yes. And the same worshippers are running after the priest to get the ghoulies. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm so I'm sorry. I forgot about the fucking priest. Because he's literally in a movie for like five seconds. Um, it's the... It's, it stays so clear in my head, the scene with the Satanists. Because they're wearing... You can tell wardrobe, okay? And like who the producer is like, you know what? We have these Satan people, well, Satanists, they're going to be running after, and they're going to be running after them. Let's not spend a lot of money on their robes. They're like the cheapest looking, they look like like someone just threw some like cheap curtain on them, <laughs> and they're running around, three of them are running around. They're, they're not the heavy, thick, like, you know, ceremonial robes that you see in the... These are the Kmart Satan robes. Yes, they're the Kmart Satan robes, seven ninety nine. <laughs> uh and that's all happening and that's how they the ghoulies hitch a ride literally with Royal Dano um who's driving their <laughs> their act is Satan's den so it just goes I mean it's perfect that's what drew the ghoulies to the truck was the fucking crazy you know Big creature devil, devil horn the yeah they were like yes this is a kick ass fucking place to fucking be it was meant for us and then they hitch a ride yeah so they end up you know they go and said i love these places where they always have like it's the evil carnival owner and he only wants the carnival to make money all he cares about is making money he doesn't care about the art he doesn't care about the camaraderie of the people driving from town to town not making any money he just wants to make money with this carnival 
What a son of a bitch he is. Well, I think, I mean, not to get (laughs) too, you know, political in the film, but I think it was definitely some, maybe it wasn't, but how I took it was like social commentary at the time. It's the late 80s. Harden is the, you know, young James Spader looking-esque, you know, fucking fancy suit guy, you know, with the coiffed hair that's working on Wall Street. Like, he's a Wall Street-looking guy. And, you know, he's just... He's all about... He's a capitalist. He's all about the fucking money. And it literally just tells you that it's the working man against the working... You know, the working man against the rich man. And what's going to bring these fucking people together? They have to rub elbows together. Which, that didn't work out, actually, really well for Harden. It did Spoiler yeah. alert, it doesn't work out. But they have to work hand-in-hand hand despite their differences, their monetary differences. The guy playing Harden, he couldn't have looked more motherfucking 80s. Like, he's just your typical 80s rich guy. All he was missing... If there was a scene where he, he came over for, like, fucking breakfast, you know... And he was wearing, like, the pastel, like, fucking shirt with the sweater over his shoulders. That would have (laughs) literally just sealed the fucking look that he was going for. Which, they killed it. They got that shit fucking spot on. I mean, it was 19, you know, what, 87 probably when they were filming the movie. So, it's perfect. It just always cracked me up the way that they're like, Listen, I know that we haven't made any money for years at this carnival. But you gotta give us a chance. Uh, it's been years and you haven't made any money. They're like, just give us this weekend and we'll show you what we can do. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, that's when you gotta fucking have the montage. Take it to the limit. Ah, yeah, you gotta the have mont- a fucking montage where they're fucking like, they're, they're, all of a sudden. There's like, hammering and yeah. they're, nail, they're putting in nails. and They're, they're, they're putting in strobe lights into the fucking thing. Randomly gonna- people are sawing boards. Somebody's welding and all this. Like... <laughs> They didn't even do that. They were just like, yeah, we're going to make some money. What I love, like I said, it just cracked me up because like, you, I was listening to the guy and I'm like, I, he's not wrong. I mean, if the attraction hasn't made money in years, m- maybe it is time to try something new. Yeah, it was the dying, also the commentary of the dying like gypsy slash like carnival. Yep. That whole lifestyle was going, you know, out, you know, to the wayside and it was all going to be taken over by like it was going to be a corporate parks and corporate america it was going to be a corporate carnival it's a corporate carnival. people in suits selling the tickets (laughs) people that had background checks profit sharing oh my god 401ks (laughs) how dare you ruin our business sir we you know, not to- every carnival can fucking be uh, Pee Wee's Big Top, okay? Not every fucking carnival's fancy, and they have fancy bullshit. They're like, we drive from town to town. We don't make any money. We barely eat. We sleep in these clothes for a month at a time because we can't afford laundry, and that's the way we like it, sir. Well, we like being dirty, filthy carnies that smell like cabbage. Maybe they had to smell like cabbage, and they had to do all that stuff, because they were spending all their money and their props. The fucking pendulum was fucking real. That shit was sharp. 
and it was slicing fucking heads. It wasn't rubber like you pointed out that it should have been. They were literally driving around like Satan's den of the set. It was Satan's den. Everything in there was fucking a lawsuit waiting to happen. That's Everything Harden had to come in. He was like, look, man, you can't have real pendulums like swinging around. Yeah, so at one point, now you know, the ghoulies are in there. So the ghoulies take over the their little terror house that they've got. Do Which, they take it over, or they or they just living their best life in Satan's den? It is Satan's den. That's literally where they came from, right? But I love how the ghoulies are like, now we've got a pendulum here, we'll just use it. The first thing I said to Betty was, um, why is the pendulum real? Why wouldn't it just be rubber or wood or something? Why would you make an actual razor-sharp pendulum to come down on the dummy you have there? And for that matter, why is the electric chair actually an electric chair? Wouldn't you just have it like a noise and make the little mannequin in it hop up and down? Why would you actually electrify the dummy that you have in the chair? Okay, first of all... The, the, no, there's no first of all. <laughs> Royal Dano, okay, is old as fuck in this film. He's like, His hair is like fucking bleach white, all right? He's going around with his nephew. He's probably owned this. This is probably like his great-grandfather's fucking carnival where back in the day you could have real pendulums and you could have real electricity running in the thing because it was no fucking holds bar back then. It wasn't like all There's this pussy a- shit now. Like you can't even fucking have a playground. Everything has to be all soft and whatever. D- no. Okay, it but was- they had a real Iron Maiden yeah, to put a that, chick in. That's now, right. Like I said, that just seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen. That like someone. Lawsuits did not exist when this Satan's Den was first developed. That wasn't a thing. And they're driving around town to town, Shad, so they're not going to get caught, right? And neither did, like, apparently a regard for human life or safety. (laughs) Jesus. Why don't we just have a thing where they just, as you walk into Satan's Carnival or Satan's Den, someone just hits you in the kneecaps with a bat and goes, now crawl your way out of hell. You know I'm just messing with you, but in all seriousness, you literally, like... When you were a baby, there were no fucking seatbelts. That was the thing when you thought that there was like, see, all cars should have seatbelts because it's like the most safest thing. They made cars with no seatbelts for fucking a long time. Like how, like how many but years did then, it take to, for there to be a seatbelt in the even car? Even then, somebody was like, hmm, I don't think we should put real razor blades on this attraction <laughs> that kids are going to go through. That'd be like saying, let's put some razor blades on the side. If they can't dodge them, that's their fucking fault. I see that there's crickets about the seatbelt question so okay we're just gonna move on yes it but it's satan's den again let me did i say that it was satan's den yeah i guess they wanted to jive in that shit up a little bit like hey you want to jive up your night a little bit we got real shit going on in here there was a real fucking couch in there shad okay a real couch where you could i was getting to that like (laughs) what kind of fucking haunted house has an actual just make out couch in it for you like hey the best on, haunted house on your way through the house you guys want to stop make out fuck a little bit on this couch yes don't worry about the other people that'll be coming through in a few <laughs> seconds to watch you okay this, this is, is for the exhibitionist horror fan it's like <laughs> i really want to go through that haunted house but is there any place we could fuck on a couch Specifically, a couch that has been in a carny attraction for fucking years. I got herpes just looking at that thing, okay? Like, I, you know as soon as you sit down on that couch, first of all, there's lice, there's fleas, and then all the other fucking diseases you're going to get from that couch. 
There's no way that chick that was sitting on the couch, she's going to be at the clinic for a long time First while they of sort all, that out. did you out. see her hair? These bitches were rock and rollers. They live on the edge, okay? The fucking guy, his main line in the movie was like, my tunes, man. Don't fuck with my tunes, man. He was all about living he, on the edge with the He students. carried the boom box with the detachable speakers. Just he was hardcore. That's how hard he was. He didn't bother to go out and get one of those straight old-fashioned ones with a speaker built in. No. He got one that you had to clip the speakers on the side. That's right, because he weighed 85 pounds, okay? He had no muscle on him. He was just legs and a fucking big-ass 80s hair. That's all he was. He couldn't be carrying no big-ass, thick-ass boombox. He had to have, like, the light, lightweight boombox, but you could detach that shit if you needed to so it doesn't weigh on your shoulder. It's intense. Of course, like we said. And he was going around town. Those were his tunes. He went all around town with this fucking thing. It only takes about five minutes of the Goonies being loose in that carnival thing for them to start murdering people. And you're like, oh, okay. Because first of all, we, we skipped over the first person they killed, which was the uh, the carnival, uh, you know, slut girl. Who, like, her, the, my favorite line for that one is, she's looking for a cat. And she asked the guy, have you seen my Muffy? And he goes, Psh, everybody's seen your Muffy. Yeah, this is an and he just keeps stuff, walking guys, us. So. Yeah, so there was, there was, slut shaming was not a thing that existed back then. They felt free to do it. Yeah, they, and they sure did. Cause and she didn't even object. She was just like, oh, you. She knew what she was about. And then she wanders into the fucking Satan's den like you do. And the course, the ghoulies make short work looking of her. Looking for her pussy cat yeah she made a ten point of saying that a few times too here pussy pussy she yeah, was missing so yes. yeah it doesn't take long for their murdering everyone yeah she and i have to say these ghoulies pretty smart because they murdered them and then they made the fucking bodies part of the attraction yeah so i mean it was gonna be pumping at satan's den money wise no wonder the first night the guy he came with the prophets the nephew he was like, you've made more profits tonight than you have the whole year. I was like, God, <laughs> Jesus. They only made like $62 by the look of it. <laughs> I love how there's these two little asshole kids that go through and they're watching the people get murdered and shit. And they're just like, this is fucking awesome. The Goonie spits slime on him and he's like, this kicks ass. Let's go tell all of our friends. Yeah, let's go tell all of our 35-year-old friends in the carnival to come and do this. Like, all the kids look like they're teachers that were there and everything. Like, yay, let's all go to the Dr. Sa- or Satan's Den. Woo! They go around over there and like, why are these people hanging out together? Because I don't see these two little asshole kids hanging out with all these adults. Favorite part of the movie? My favorite part? Yes. Um... I think I just told you where they're going through, with the kids going through. That was like, really, these kids have this? Just the whole thing, when you find out all the everything in there is real, I was just dying laughing, because I was like, come on, all this shit's real? Why? That'd be like saying, hey, we've got a shooting range over here. We're not going to use a little pellet gun or anything like that, like they do at most carnivals. No, nah, we got an assault rifle over here you're going to shoot these fucking tin cans with. Don't worry about anybody behind that. They just need to duck. Um, I have to say that the film has a uh, innovation that's pretty fucking magical. I may have missed this in the 80s, uh, but at one point, Royal Daniels walking around with a light bulb flashlight. Yeah. Okay, first of all, it's exactly what... It's a light bulb that that's, he's using as a flashlight. 
Yeah, now I've seen like little miniature versions of that, but I've never seen a full-size light bulb that you just carry around like a flashlight. Now, I have to say that he was the magnificent, powerful, amazing Faustino? Fausto. Fausto. The amazing Fausto. He was a magician, so maybe it was some magician bullshit that he was doing. Oh, how funny. I'm just... Uh, spoiler alert for a future episode, we'll be covering Lord of Illusions about a magician. A magician. Yep. Okay, just it just literally got into my brain that this is the same thing. So yes, so which is my my favorite part is when he thinks um actually the whole scene where everyone's going through the house and they're experiencing the ghoulies do all this crazy shit and they're coming out like, Yeah, this is the best and they have the green like fucking spin on them and yeah, the one like rocker couple, they got spit on by the ghoulie and it somehow. It well, they didn't their... like it, but the other people that I'm talking about that loved it, they were all, they wanted to spit on them. Yeah, no, I'm just saying the rocker couple, they got their face like glued together by the ghoulie slime. They never quite explained how they got that off either. No, it seemed like they didn't get it off because then later on in the movie, they're like, there's fucking sticky shit on them. They can't get it off. Like, they're not able to get it off. You can only get it off with using Tide. <laughs> on your clothes because the kids have it on their clothes but it's it one of those commercials through. where they used to like throw all the shit on the white shirt and they'd write the like tide in the thing they have to do a commercial like that for the ghoulie slime actually that would have been the halloween commercial for that company that would have been amazing uh, i love the uh phil fan can uh phil nigel sir nigel as he's in the movie uh, he has the heart of gold. Like, he's like the poetic heart. You know, he's the one that brings the... He, you know, he could only... He's three feet tall, but he is large. Like, huge man with he's his Shakespearean theater like Shakespearean actor. actor that, you know, didn't quite make it in the stage. So now he works at the terrible, like, sideshow attraction... But he still has dignity and he still has, you know, he's still an intelligent guy, but he's stuck working at this shit job. He never, like, I would say maybe five sentences, like normal conversation. Everything else is like a quote from some somewhere. It's some fancy fuck some quote from somewhere. Some Shakespearean play or some kind of fancy play that he was... In or had studied, so he was always quoting that. It was cracked me up. I love that shit. I ate that shit right up because then he's like in the monkey suit. Yeah, at one he's point. doing this. He's doing all this stuff while wearing a monkey suit at some point. Yeah, and it's just like okay, this is this is fantastic. The uh, other part is when the uh, Harden goes to take a dump, um, and before he takes his dump, he had just finished like having a whole like fight episode with the ghoulies where he literally was like we just need to get one like he's so greedy he just wants to capture one of these things because put him on put him on exhibition i mean we we've seen it happen in aliens we know what corporate you know corporate greed they always want that monster to put on make it into a weapon or put it on display yep that's exactly what he wanted to do and then he gets his ass eaten later in the toilet literally gets his ass eaten yeah it was like it was not the way that he liked exactly there was no blow involved and there was no you know margot robbie like in the back she's in that movie right i'm gonna say margot robbie in the back eating his ass it's from that other movie she did with Leonardo DiCaprio. anyways so the rocket death is a hilarious uh thing that happens later on I don't even understand why. So at coming to the point later on in the movie, like towards the end, 
they're like, you know what? The only way to get rid of these ghoulies is to conjure up the father of one of the ghoulies because he looks like literally the replica of the bald ghoulie yeah, toilet Yeah, he looks ghoulie. like the big ghoulie and that's it. He's huge, okay? And, and he I love goes the around fact, eats them. I love the fact that the ghoulies didn't leave Satan's Den until someone knocked a hole in the wall. They were like, shit, at no point could we have ever just walked out the same fucking way we came in. We had to wait for him to knock a hole in the wall before we could leave. I mean, at this, well, you know... It's like one of those things, we're comfy here, we're amongst Satan and his den, there's a couch, you know, we got real fucking live wires and dangerous things, the food is coming to us, we don't really need to fucking go out, you know, they were good, but you know, yes. So then they went out and started causing havoc at the carnival. Of course, like you do, and it's just wonderful. And Daddy Ghoulie eating all the baby ghoulies, then you gotta figure out how you're gonna get rid of this big ghoulie. It's just one thing after another. <laughs> and he was like slow to eat him too. Like he was like doom 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 just kind of totting around the carnival like a like a toddler, you know, and he's going around eating them one at a time. I was thinking, man, if I was a ghoulie and I saw him eating the other ghoulies, I would just beat feet out of that carnival because he's not going to catch me. He's not walking fast. <laughs> he was taking a slow ass time. He's like, I'm going to get to it eventually. They're short and have very small like legs. Look, and... I don't I don't run. I'm not a runner. But if I saw that thing coming this way, I would do my best to run the opposite. I'd be like, look, he's walking really slow, like Michael Myers style, but not even that slow or not even that fast. He's even slower than Michael Myers. So I'm going to run for the hills while he's coming after me slowly and see if maybe I can get away or maybe he'll find somebody to eat in between. I don't know, but I'm going to try. The ghoulies just keep on like, I'm just going to roll around in this popcorn for fun. Guys, if you can guess what happens at the end of the movie is typically what happens in almost any 80s comedy, horror comedy, I would say, is, you know, you got the the underachievers have to make it through and they have to build a new life afterwards and run into the run off into the fucking sunset together. Is that what's going to happen? In their Volkswagen VW bug. In their Volkswagen VW bug. That's exactly right. They have to go to the big city and see if they can make it. Because you know what? They just fought some ghoulies, demons, hell spawns. Okay? And they were able to fucking get it through Harden. They had to go through Harden. There was a lot of different challenges that they had to overcome in this. And they made it. And you know, these... They're going to go off and have a wonderful life. The end of the movie. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was. It is still one of my favorite films. You know, it has every element. It has uh, creatures, okay? Small creatures that you can kick off of you. But these are like relentless creatures. There was a lot of scenes, I have to say, unlike many other films that do have small creatures or, you know, dolls running after you where... There's never, like, real, real struggle. Like, maybe they'll get them off one time. But there's a lot of times where the human literally rips them off and is able to, like, escape for five seconds before they get ganged up by the uh, ghoulies and then, you know, eventually die. So at least there's some of that realism in it. They don't just... The ghoulies are just, like, taking people out in the one meeting that Yeah, they... one time, one at a time, you know. They're not fighting them one-on-one. Yeah, so that, that I like. But you have a carnival. Who doesn't love carnivals, you know? You have, you know, the freaking backstory of the struggling artist 
you know, like you do. <laughs> All they needed was a, was a chick that lived in a loft and welded art together. Wow. And it would have been perfect because every other fucking 80s movie had that. You literally said that and I thought, Warlock. <laughs> two. <laughs> Warlock two. Hardware. All the rom coms had that too. There was always the there was always some chick lived in a ginormous loft apartment, but she was a struggling artist. She had all this exposed brick and she's just like welding shit together constantly. She's living in like a fifteen hundred dollar a month apartment back in nineteen eighty and she still like can afford all this. Well, to be fair, in World War II, it was a man. He was a he was in the, uh, the art gallery guy. But nevertheless, there's still that whole like art scene, like city art scene. Yeah, you know that they all live way above their means. Um, you gotta love it. I give this film three knives. I'm gonna go with two because I couldn't get past some of the stuff on it because I haven't seen it as much as you have. And when I watched it, I was just like, ah. Why is Satan's Den so fucking dangerous? I know it's Satan's Den, but I feel like even Satan's got to adjust for some modern times. The 80s was the decade that everybody started getting sued for being burned by hot coffee and that kind of stuff. So, I was that those... the 80s or was that the 90s? 80s. I remember, I just remember the 90s where the lady's vagina got burned off. That happened in the 90s. That specific story. I believe it was like 1994 or 5. But nevertheless, fine. It's definitely, I think it's up there. Not to make excuses. I love the film. But it's one of those ones that I'd seen so many times when I was younger. And it was just such a fun movie to watch. You, it's you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. They they don't really go. It's not like the other movie that you know that we just did, uh, the Trapped Alive, um, from our previous podcast, where it's just like these long, drawn out like. Monologues. Well, maybe not previous. We may have recorded one in the meantime, but you get the idea. Yes, I'm sorry. We might be ahead, or behind, or ahead in that. But uh, in Trapped Alive, where you have you know these crazy monologues happening, and it's just like, no, this should not be happening. It's a horror movie. It, the movie doesn't. It's it's a fun movie, and it knows what it's about, and you know way better than all the other. See, better than the first movie. That doesn't happen a lot, and in all the sequels we've done, there's not a lot of sequels where the second part is better than the first one. That's why I'm saving Phantasm Two for a rainy day. And I, well, and I think that this is definitely one of those films for me, anyways. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking this uh, fantastic horror esque journey with us, and stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage, and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully, and come back again soon. Good night.